Well, I predict that the world will end at the stroke of midnight on New Year's Eve. Well, they couldn't get to you until after the New Year. Well, just don't go in there. The season of evil begins with the birth of the New Year. Here's something off the request line from Liberty Island. We gotta squeeze some New Year's juice from you, Big Apple. Happy New Year. Stay fit, keep sharp, make good decisions. Happy New Year, he's Beagle! You are like the buzzing of flies to him. Oh, Johnny, did you back the wrong horse? You hose him, please. Hose him. Don't you just love New Year's? You can start all over. Everybody gets a second chance. Merry New Year! Happy New Year. In this country, we say Happy New Year. <laughs> Thank you for correcting my English with things. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. We opened up with a uh, a few clips from a little a little uh, anthology of uh, of uh, the movie Ghostbusters Two and all the New Year stuff. Because you remember, in New Year's is is the night that the Statue of Liberty uh, came alive and came and uh, rescued the, uh, the big art museum that was being taken over by the ghosts. And then we had a little clip from Forrest Gump. And uh, last, we ended with uh, Eddie Murphy in Trading Places, and uh, thought that would give you a, a New Year's hit since uh, this is our New Year's show. And of course, uh, and of course, that that song was "The Babies" from uh, the album Head First, which was probably 1978. But you know, we're we're uh, we're driving head first into 2022, and uh, uh, it's going to be a good year. Hopefully, it's a good first 11 months. We know. Uh, the first week in November will be a great will be a great time when we see the Democrats get obliterated in the midterms, and we hope that we can survive that long. So, uh, so we're going to talk about all kinds of stuff going on. We're really going to do a recap this uh, this week. We're th- this week we're going to do our recap of 2021. Uh, before I go any further, let me introduce myself for those of you that don't know me. My name is Ed Hoffman from Planet Home Lending. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, dear night, toll free, area code 855-640-2020. Um, if you uh, want to talk, but you don't want to talk on the phone because it's so personal. Um, then uh, go to edhoffman.net, click on the Planet Home Lending logo. That'll take you to my lending page, and you can fill in as much information as you want me to have. 
Tell me how much information you want back. You'll hear from myself or one of my talented teammates, and we'll help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Whether that's buying a property that you'd like to own, whether it's refinancing a property that you already own, and whether that or whether that's uh, um, whether that's uh, looking into that fantastic financing tool for seniors, um, which uh, is now which is for seniors with a with a spouse that's over sixty two. Although uh, I do have one product that will start at fifty five, um, it's probably not as good a rate, and it's probably uh, it's probably uh, doesn't give you as much much uh, bucks, but um, it is available for people over 55 now. Uh, but uh, call me 855-640-2020 or uh, at Hoffman, uh, hoffman.net, click on Planet Home Lending logo. Um, and also, if you're thinking about, if you're thinking about properties uh, that aren't in California, uh, and it's one of these properties, Oregon, Washington, Montana, Idaho, Nevada, Arizona, Texas, Colorado, Utah, um, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Ohio, now Indiana. Um, if any of those, uh, I'm licensed in all those and, uh, call me and I'll help you out. So anyway, uh, if you want to, uh, hear any part of the show replayed at Hoffman.net, hit the podcast page. You can hear this show as well as several past shows on demand. You can also get it on SoundCloud or iTunes, uh, Apple podcast, where you can subscribe for free and have it automatically download to your device computer, phone, whatever you listen to podcasts on, we upload, we typically upload on, on Friday afternoons. And then, so you'll get it sometime Friday evening. Um, so if you don't want to, if the, the times on the radio don't coincide with the times you're available, you can uh, listen to it on demand. Um, if you have comments on the show, email me to ed at edhoffman.net. And, uh, I see all your emails and, uh, and I, uh, I, re- I don't respond to all of them, um, but I do respond to a lot of them. So uh, hit me up. Tell me what you're thinking. Don't forget my uh, my book, uh, Experience Matters. Here's mine. Available also on edhoffman.net and Amazon and everywhere else you can get books online. Um, so let's talk about, oh, before we go any further, uh, today with me on the show, as uh, as we do every few weeks, Mr. Scott McAfee, proprietor of Don's Bikes in Redlands and Rialto. Um Scott, welcome back. Well, it's good to be here, Ed. It's a damn dirty job, but somebody's got to do it, right? Exactly, exactly. And you're going to be uh, you're going to be uh, uh, piloting the the biggest piece of our show, the top ten morons. So, um, <laughs> but let's uh, let's let's talk about just some one of the one thing that we want to talk about uh, that that went on this week before uh, before he was president. Joe Joe Biden promised to shut down the virus and bash the Trump administration when it took just a few weeks for them to roll out testing in the early days of COVID. The administration's failure on testing is colossal, and it's a failure of planning, leadership, and execution. We will deal honestly with the American people, and we'll never, ever, ever quit. That's how we'll shut down this virus. I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm not going to shut down the economy. I'm going to shut down the virus. We need to scale up testing. So anyone who needs one can get a test. We still don't have enough testing. That's a travesty. Yeah, he'll never, never, ever, ever quit because he's never going to quit capitalizing on the on the uh, COVID-19 virus, which is uh, a bad case of the flu in my eyes. And uh, for the people that say, hey, what about the 800,000 people that died 
yeah, let's do a let's do an in-depth investigation, and find out if they really died of COVID or if they died with COVID um, or if they even had COVID to begin with and just got listed COVID. So now as Omicron variant moves through the population, Biden is spending New Year's in Delaware saying there's not much his administration can do. All of a sudden, the shortage is a, is a state's issue. Look, there is no federal solution. This gets solved at a state level. I'm looking at Governor Sununu on the board here. He talks about that a lot. And it ultimately gets down to where the rubber meets the road, and that's where the patient is in need of help or preventing the need for uh, help. Do, do you know what he just I don't understand a thing he just said. Did that make any um, sense? Uh, not very much. He never he never does. But uh, he basically he he's basically saying he quit. Said I can't solve it. I can't solve it. We're gonna give this to the governors, and uh, of course I give it till mid next week when he starts trying to trying to control it again. Um, I just think he wanted a peaceful New Year's and uh, no one to say let's go Brandon do. Well, yeah, that that's probably true. But look, I guess the big concern is this thing's never ending. It's never going to end. We're going on like two years. We're talking about this, Ed. Two years of yep. shutting down our economy, of mass restrictions, and it's getting worse. As far as the restrictions go, it seems to be getting worse and worse and worse. So, yeah, it's uh, it's ridiculous. So, uh, California went into a thirty day uh, mask mandate everywhere indoors as of the fifteenth, but it'll be over on the fifteenth of January. Sure, so it will. That, that's really going to get us through the winter. And uh, of course, as we'll talk about in the in the rest of the show, that. That doesn't mean anything. And of course, what was the the New York thing that started uh, Monday, Monday the twenty seventh that De Blasio put in? You can't go indoors without a mask unless you're vaccinated, um, or something along those lines. Or maybe you have to do it even if you are vaccinated, and may or maybe if you aren't vaccinated, you're just not allowed to go out of your home. Uh, of course, they have they have a new mayor that starts on uh, on Monday, officially on Saturday the first. Um, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. He's a Democrat too. But hopefully he's got more brains than uh, than uh, De Blasio, which isn't saying much. So we'll see. We'll see what comes of that. So uh, it's the final show of 2021, and that means Scott's presenting his top ten morons of the year. So uh, Scotty, I've I've seen your list. I like it. I wrote down I wrote down notes uh, that I thought of for each one of them, and. Uh, I'm going to let you take it from here. Cool. I appreciate that, Ed. You know, this is my favorite show of the year. And obviously, this is a big responsibility. I take this extremely seriously, Ed, because, you know, what we're trying to do is pick out the dumbest of the dumb from 2021. But but as you know, that's not an easy thing to do. There's just a ton of stupid people throughout the year. So I had to really narrow it down, but it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy because, again, we have a lot, lot big field to choose from this year. Big field. Yeah, especially considering we have uh, 220 of them in Congress. And uh, 50 of them in the Senate. And then you have to add Biden and uh, and and uh, his vice president. And uh, you got so 272 people plus all their staffs. It's hard to narrow it down to 10. It's no, you're right. I mean, we could easily do the top 1,000, but that would take like a week on the radio. And I don't think uh, I don't think people are down for that. So let's go ahead and begin. Uh, more on number 10. This goes to Corey Bush. This is the squad member from Missouri who has been campaigning to defund the police department as part of her public persona. But in August, she spent $70,000 of her own campaign money on private security. Why? Because ironically, she can't work to defund the police if her life is in danger. 
and the campaign records show that you spent roughly $70,000 on, on private security. And some critics say um, that move is hypocritical. Um, what's your response to those critics? They would rather I die? You would rather me die? Is that what you want to see? You want to see me die? They actually probably are okay with that. But this is the thing. I won't let them get that off. You can't get that off. I'm going to make sure I have security because I know I have had attempts on my life and I have too much work to do. There are too many people that need help right now for me to, to allow that. So if I end up spending 200000 if I spend 10, 10, 10 more dollars on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up and defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police and put that money into social safety nets because we're trying to save lives. I don't even know yeah, where to be. Go ahead. Uh, here, let me let me yeah. let me begin. Please. Does she want? Do we want her to die? Does she want everyone else to die? Because we're going to defund this police and we're going to put into take that money and put into social safety nets. What well, exactly does that even mean? Well, I'm not sure, but obviously, Ed, what she's saying is her life is more important than yours, right? Because she's got important things to do, not like the rest of us who don't have these important things to do. And by the way, she well, she talks about it like it's her money. She's not spending any money. This is all from taxpayers' money that are paying for her security, right? Yep. Well, they say campaign funds, but that's oh. that's a ton of people that just donate. And if she didn't use it all up, she's it's still not her money. No. It's still it's still she's you know that's like uh, I played a clip last last week of Rand Paul saying, hey, you know what? Everybody or maybe it was the week before where he made made a comment about how how generous everybody is in in the government when they're when they're when they're doling out someone else's money. And, uh, you know, the, everything the government does is our taxpayer money. So, uh, it's, it's amazing how, Hey, I don't care if it costs 200,000 or if it even costs 10. And then she got kind of stuck in her tripped over her tongue on that one. Pretty much. Well, you know, what's ironic too, is when in the past, past couple of weeks, we had two Democrat lawmakers who were both carjacked. So that was Kimberly Lightford, who's an Illinois state Senator and Pennsylvania Congresswoman Mary Scanion were both carjacked at gunpoint. So it's kind of interesting when it actually happens to them, because for the most part, these people look, these people are all hypocrites and none of this impacts them personally, which is why they can get away with saying stupid stuff. I mean, for the most part, they're insulated from, from having to live amongst this stuff. They live in the nicer areas. They're not impacted by these increases in crime. And look, if we can look back on 2021 and say one thing, crime's been through the roof, man. We're talking record yeah. numbers of homicides in major cities, Chicago, across the United States. Things have gotten definitely worse from a crime standpoint. Now, you, now you've got some, uh, some government officials that are stepping out and saying, hey, the crime has to stop. And they're reversing what they said just earlier this year. Um, and, you know, of course, you know how, uh, how shooters go into churches because that's kind of a no-gun no zone. And they go into theaters where you know people are are not paying attention to what's going on and that's typically a no gun zone except for when I'm sitting in there and uh you know and you know carjacking democrat officials is typically also a no gun zone because they don't uh they don't appreciate the second amendment um and you know hijacking a republican person is likely to to you know to meet with a gun gun right back at you um my question as someone who carries and, and I know you carry as well. Mm -hmm. So if you're standing at the gas pump and someone walks up and, and, and has a gun in your face, uh, says, Hey, I'm taking your car. Is that sufficient for me to draw and shoot back? Um, cause my, my assumption is the, uh, my assumption is the, uh, is the carjacker is using it as a prop. Doesn't expect anybody to, to, uh, 
do anything but just hand over hand over their car. Um, he's pointing a gun at me. Is that sufficient sufficient uh, uh, life threatening situation to draw and to draw and pull the trigger? Well, that's a good question. I think you know it's hard to say what you do in that situation because you have like literally one second to figure it out. I think I'd probably just give him the car. But here's the problem too, Ed. If we defend ourselves, if we shoot that person, now who's now who's uh, in trouble, right? We saw that with Kyle Rittenhouse this past year, where you had clear example of self defense. That trial should have never even happened. And thank God the jury, you know, exonerated him from any wrongdoing. But just to put that young man through that, that that should have never happened. So uh, that yeah, was- then you got Kim Potter, who's a who's a cop, which I admit. I admit she's, uh, you know, you should know the difference between your taser and a gun. Mm-hmm. And she clearly wasn't conscious of that because she's yelling taser, taser, taser. She's holding her gun. Right. But we don't we don't say anything about the fact that her adrenaline's pumping, pumping at, uh, you know, 100, 150 pounds of foot pounds through her, her veins. And she knows this guy has a history of carrying a gun and he's resisting arrest and all that stuff and all the all the pressure that we put cops in and clearly it was, she should have been had to have some responsibility for some of it, but she got two, uh, two charges, two convictions of manslaughter for one person. How does that happen? Right? No, you're absolutely right. And obviously when the, when the race component comes into play, then that, that, changes things as well uh obviously white uh, white police officers aren't allowed to shoot black uh, suspects even though their lives are in danger because that throws a whole new uh, wrench in the works and we've seen what happens over the last couple of years so that was more yes, on more on number 10 goes to Corey bush more on number nine goes to the let's go brandon reporter kelly stavist it's been three months since nbc sports reporter kelly stavist first misinterpreted the crowd's chance of f joe biden at the talladega talladega super speedway talladega talladega super talladega nights there you go okay talladega super speedway speaking to driver brandon brown after he won his first nascar xfinity series race Stavis spun the chance as being cheers for Brown's win. All of our partners, oh, just such an unbelievable. Brandon, you also told me you can hear the chance from the the crowd. Let's go, Brandon. You told me you were gonna kind of hang back those first stages and just. You know, I think the funny thing about that is that the she knows exactly what they were saying, Ed. She could hear it loud and clear. But what she's trying to do is do what the media has done for Joe Biden all year, and that's run cover for him. And that's to to make us believe that things aren't what we see. We're not hearing what we're hearing. We're not seeing what we're seeing. Everything's fine. Inflation's not a problem. There's no crisis at the border. And Joe Biden is cognitively put together. That That's what they've been telling us all year, Ed. Exactly. And uh, if if you heard the clip without uh without uh Dan's little uh, corrections with the beep, <laughs> um it's clear as day what they're saying. And it's not let's go Brandon. But uh that's become the let's go Brandon. Uh what did what did uh what did uh I saw I saw th- something on Facebook that said I'm a member of the LGB FJB uh, <laughs> a community. LJB FJB <laughs> Well, LGB, LGB, FJB. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a community that many of us are in. 
Well, that's true. But who would have known that that would have sparked this movement, Ed? I mean, I don't know if anybody's even talked to that reporter about it now. Hey, hey, how, how do you feel about inspiring this huge movement that's sweeping across the United States? Um, you know, and look, for me personally, I try as best I can, and certainly, Ed, I know you do too, to avoid profanity whenever I can. But sometimes it's the only thing that really works, you know? Uh, yeah. And after uh, putting up with a year of the Biden, quote, administration, which I don't think there really is such a thing, but after putting up with a year of this stuff. I think it sums it up pretty nicely, though. A lot of our feelings towards the current, quote, president, right? Uh-huh. Exactly. You know what uh, was funny was yeah. uh, when uh, when uh, Barack Obama got elected, one of my friends said, hey, you know what? All we need is is one term of this guy and everyone's going to see. Or maybe it was the re-election. He goes, one more term and everyone's going to see how bad this is going to become that we're never going to elect a... a uh, a Democrat again. And then we saw what happened in 2016 and we elected the, the most radical conservative there was. And actually in my eyes, the most effective president in my lifetime, uh, Donald J Trump. And of course, then the Democrats had to, to go into a hyperdrive to figure out how to keep him from being reelected. And I still don't believe it. And, uh, you know, that Joe was ever elected. And so it's, uh, so now now we're doing one year of, of Biden. And can we even handle three more years? I don't think so. No, probably not. When you look at the amount of damage that's been done over the last year, I mean, just on the immigration front alone, you know, we're, we're basically replacing our population. That's never been done in the history of any country on Earth that, that I'm aware of. So the damage that's being done on the border, the damage that's being done to our economy um, on so many fronts. Uh, th- this the this never ending COVID mask mandate vax mandate it just goes on and on. So can we put up with another three years? That's that's a great question, Ed. That's a great question. Yes, yeah, so, and then and then here we have uh, uh, that I read an article this morning about. There's 23 Democrats that have already uh, said they're not re- they're not running for reelection. They're going to retire. Yeah, I saw and, that. And uh, and so we're seeing a lot of them just saying, "Hey, we're going to get pummeled." in the in the midterms i don't want to be a part of it and maybe i'm not really happy about being a part of it now um but i think i think you get a certain amount of them that retire anyway every time and i know nancy nancy pelosi said she didn't intend to that she was going to retire after this term um and now i'm hearing maybe she's staying is <laughs> we have any we have any update on that uh, I I haven't heard that. I have no idea. Um, but you know, and I'm not, I don't know. For me, I'm just not that super confident. I mean, you know, yes, it, it should go our way. It should go. You look at Biden's polls; they're down like in the 30s, and they seem to be just absolutely cratering. Because I think, look, if you're totally unaware of everything that's going around around you around around you politically, you can if you can look at the price of gas, and that kind of says it all. Look at the price of everything that continues to go up. And up and up. Inflation is like the symptom of just really bad management, and I don't see that going down anytime soon. Uh, nope. You know, this is the, this is the result of having dumb, dangerous, and and I have to say it now, evil people running your states, your cities, and ultimately your country. And I never thought I'd really call the Democrats evil, but but what I'm seeing going on now. It, it, there's nothing else to call it. I don't like to oversimplify things, but to me, going forward, this is nothing but good against evil. It really is. Yeah, exa- exactly. And uh, um, I had a, I had a thought. I just lost it. Oh, so uh, uh, it's it's just 
it's just ugly. It's just ugly. And, uh, but on Christmas Eve, getting back to the let's go Brandon thing, Christmas Eve, Joe and Jill Biden answered calls on the NORAD Santa tracker hotline, including this call from Oregon resident, Jared Schmeck, who says his family calls the hotline every year. Have a Merry Christmas. Have a wonderful Christmas. And by the way, you guys have to be in bed by Thank nine you. o'clock, you know, and asleep between nine and 12 or he doesn't show up. This isn't to you, Jared. This is to the kids. That's right. <laughs> well, I hope you have a wonderful hey, Christmas. Well, yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas as well. Oh, Merry thank Christmas, you. and let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. I <laughs> yeah. agree. Hey, by the way, where are you in Oregon? Where's your home? I think we lost him. Yeah, if you saw the saw the video, he uh, he cracked up when he said that, and he just said, "Bye," and click. I don't know if Joe Biden actually gets it. I mean, for me, this was like so hilarious and took a lot of guts from that guy to do it. But I like the way he set him up. Oh, yeah. And Merry Christmas and let's go, Brandon. Uh, That was was fantastic. I only wish I could have said that I did it, Ed. I loved it. I loved it as well. And uh, yeah, it sounds like something uh, you or I would do. Yeah. Uh, But or maybe our friend Fake Alaska. So anyway, hey, we're all out of time for the first half of the main event. So stay, stay tuned for five minutes of traffic, weather, commercials and sports. And we'll be right back with the, the last eight more top eight morons in, uh, in uh, 2021. Part two of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman with Planet Home Lending. We're going head first in 2022. I don't talk a lot about uh, real estate and financing on the radio typically, um, but you know we're 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 jamming into 2022. Time to uh, to uh, reassess where you are. Are you in the Are you in the right properties? Are you in the right loan? Are you positioned to be able to get out of California when you when you're ready? When you need to? When it gets that bad? Uh, if you're, if you're thinking about it, if you're thinking about it and you need financing or you'd like some financing advice, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020 and, or go to edhoffman.net, click on the planet home lending logo, and, uh, we'll help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. So anyway, uh, if you, if you missed the first half, uh, then you might not know that, uh, Scott McAfee is uh, joining me on the show today, uh, to, uh, do his annual uh, top 10 morons of the year. And uh, Scotty, welcome back. Ed, it's great to be here. By the way, did you know that Joe Biden got, got a colonoscopy a, lot, a couple weeks ago? Did you know that? Um, I did not know. Yeah, he did. He did actually. And it was really good that he did because after two hours, the doctors were able to successfully remove Kamala Harris. Anyways, moving on to the top 10 morons. We're now at moron number eight. Uh, and that moron title goes to Jesse Smollett. Uh, it was actually January 2019 when Empire actor Jesse Smollett staged a 2 a.m. hate crime against himself in Chicago, claiming two mass Trump supporters attacked him with a noose and burned him with bleach. But Smollett's trial concluded just a few weeks ago on December 9th, and he was found guilty on five out of the six counts he was charged with in relation to the hate crime hoax that he orchestrated with the two Nigerian brothers. Nobody rioted after Smollett's conviction. 
and he has almost zero supporters in the media. So clearly this 2019 Good Morning America interview with Robin Roberts did not age well. Why do you think you were targeted? I can just assume, I mean, I come really, really hard against 45. I come really, really hard against his administration. And I don't hold my tongue. If I had said it was a Muslim or Mexican or someone black, I feel like the doubters would have supported me a lot much more. You know, there's a lot of things that are disturbing. Number one, this was the dumbest story of all time. And I think the thing that made him even a bigger moron was that during the trial, he testified and doubled down on his story. Like, we're supposed to believe all this stuff that nobody even believes anymore. Yeah, and the two, guy, and the two guys that, that uh, acted out the parts uh, told him, told, you know, testified that he paid them to do it, that it was set up. And uh, he wrote him, just the dumbest part, he wrote him a check. <laughs> Here's 3,500 bucks to, to come beat me up and, and make sure you're in front of this camera in this doorway. So we get on camera and, uh, and he wrote him a check. What an idiot. <laughs> no, it's, I know it's, and, and he did a dry run apparently like the day before, like he rehearsed the whole thing. The thing that I really is the most disturbing though, is what he did was something that, I think the worst part of it all is that he's trying to divide uh, an America black against white when we're already somewhat divided and you have morons like this trying to make the situation worse for his own expense, for his own personal gain. Apparently he, his contract might not have been renewed on the, on the show. And what better thing to do than to fake a hate crime? And I hate to say it, but most of these supposed hate crimes are fake. They're just like this. Now, this was probably the dumbest of the dumb, the fakest of the fake, but most of these, it's the same thing. You know, when people vandalize their car, they claim that somebody took off my hijab and the stories go on and on. Most of the time, this stuff is, is just BS, Ed. I know. And uh, he said, uh, he said, um, uh, well, I come really hard against 45 <laughs> and I come really hard against uh, his administration. Who the hell is he? You know, he has he has such he has a that big of an ego that you think anybody really pays attention to him. I well, mean, I know I I know I know that that uh, people in the Inland Empire uh, know us. But, you know, once we get out outside of the Inland Empire, uh, people who know who we are uh, dwindles dwindles pretty big. But, you know, I don't know how many people watch that Empire show. I never did, but I'm sure there's a lot. But Jesse Smollett. I don't know. And he's, it's not like he's Brad Pitt. No, not like he's Leonardo DiCaprio. No. So it's, but you know, Hey, I come really hard and that's why people would attack me. Yeah. Right. Well, it's the time we're recording. He hasn't been sentenced yet, but I'll be curious. But look, if it was you and me and the roles were reversed, uh, we'd be in jail, Ed. We'd be going to jail yeah. for years. I hope that happens to him. We need to send a message to these morons that, you know, state staging hate crimes, uh, is, is gotta be punished by, by jail time. You know, yeah, I think his uh, max sentence for the is uh, up to 15 years. So okay. we'll see what happens at his sentencing uh, sentencing hearing. Right. Very good. Uh, more on number seven. That's people wearing masks. Yes, that's right. People wearing masks. If you are walking by yourself with a mask on, you're a moron. If you're driving by yourself listening to this show with a mask on, you're a moron. If you're riding a bicycle by yourself, 
with a mask on, you're a moron. As many of you recall, we were told two weeks to flatten the curve. We were told masks didn't work, and then we were told they do work, and they were required to wear them everywhere we went, and the mandates were lifted so Biden could take a victory lap last summer. The Daily Mail just actually did an article, Ed, and they showed pictures of Joe Biden on the beach uh, vacationing by himself wearing a mask. So, look, if a moron. Ma- he is a moron. If masks worked, we wouldn't be in this problem. Right. We, we wouldn't be in this situation right now if these things actually worked. I remember hearing a medical expert uh, say one time that if, if masks to prevent the coronavirus are like trying to keep out mosquitoes with a chain link fence, it doesn't work. These particles are too small. They go right through a mask. So anyways, we, we've really, I think, destroyed. You know, you know when it became most disturbing to me, too, Ed? I had a family come into my bike shop, a mom and her three kids. Uh, the mom wasn't wearing the mask. The two younger kids weren't. This 13-year-old boy was. And I said, hey, man, you can take that mask off because we have a no mask required signs on, our, on, my, on my bicycle store. And the kid uh-huh. wouldn't take his mask off. It was like his teddy bear, like he was attached to the thing. That's really, really sad. I know that's uh kids should not, you know, we're, we're destroying, we're destroying our kids. Hey, you know what? The, the, if, if no one's thought about this, the suicide rate among teen- teenagers uh, in 2021 is higher than the amount of teenagers that died of COVID. And when you take these kids out of class and make them, make them do a uh, school from home, you're, you're taking away part of their social development um, that and nobody knows what the what the uh, long term effects of that are going to be. Plus, you know, you see the the scores. Half the kids, half the kids aren't even paying attention because the teacher can't see, and they could wander around and they could do do whatever. And it's just idiocy. Right. And not only that, but what about the health, uh, uh, the, the problems with our health from wearing a stinking mask? You ever see these guys, these chefs at restaurants? They're cooking behind the grill and they're wearing a mask all day long in that heat. That can't be good yeah, for exactly. you. Man. That can't be good. And that's and that's uh you know when you when you uh when you close your garage and and uh start your car up and let the carbon monoxide come out of the uh come out of the car till till you die. Uh, if that if on that way of committing suicide, uh you know what comes out of your mouth when you breathe? Uh carbon monoxide. So when you're increasing the carbon monoxide that's going back in cuz you're holding it in, what effect does that have to us? Right, exactly. This is what Fauci said on mass back in March of 2020. There's a lot of confusion among people and misinformation surrounding face masks. Can you discuss that? The masks are important for someone who's infected to prevent them from infecting someone else. Now, when you see people and look at the films in China and South Korea, whatever, everybody's wearing a mask. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. You're sure of it, because people are listening really no, closely to this. Right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. Wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better, and it might even block a, a droplet. But it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. Well, there you hear it. Uh, we're going to move on to moron number six, and that goes to the group Black Lives Matter. Yes, BLM riots took place in 2020, but in 2021, insurance data revealed just how much damage they did when they ravaged 140 U.S. cities last summer. A company called Property Claim Services, which has tracked insurance claims related to civil disorder since 1950, determined that arson, vandalism, and looting from the BLM riots resulted in $1 to $2 billion of paid insurance claims, the highest on 
on record. Previously, the highest toll was from the 1992 LA riots after the Rodney King acquittal, and that was $775 million. Um, that's not to mention also the loss of life that has occurred as a result of this group. Um, so, you know, not only that, but this group apparently identifies themselves as a Marxist organization, which is also against the nuclear family. Uh, so, so it's one thing, to, well, by the way, what is a Mark, what does Marxism have to do with black lives matter, Ed? Uh, nothing. I think it's, it's all about a social agenda. And like I said, Many times, if you went to the Black Lives Matter website and click donate, it take you to um, something called um, Act Blue. Act Blue, Act Blue. So, uh, which was, and if you went to Act Blue and and act and see what they what they supported, they support the Democrat Party and the Democrat candidates. So, it's you know the Black Lives Matter. They use they use it in the in the in the in the spirit of 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 uh protecting 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 against racism they're just pushing a democrat agenda and a socialist agenda and there's no there's it's just it's just like the democrats use every time you know it's during the during the campaigns they're pushing we're gonna we're gonna be stomping out racism and we're gonna and when they appeal to the to the minorities to support them because we're the ones standing up for you. But then as soon as, as soon as the campaign's over, they don't do anything for them. And historically the, the party that, that has been stomping out racism has been the Republicans who, uh, you know, who put across the 13th amendment and 14th amendment and, uh, you know, the civil rights, civil rights movement and all that stuff. It's all, was all the Republicans that were pushing that stuff. And, uh, you know, when you, you say about the, the lives, they should they should add up um, the cost of of the Black Lives Matter riots and all the people that died during those and compare that with the January 6th. And, and then we should ask, why are there no congressional hearings on those? Right. No, exactly. Exactly. Uh, look, as I look back on this group, they've they've created a whole lot of racism, in my opinion, both black and white. Um they're against the nuclear family, which I hate to say it's a big problem for the black community. I don't even like using words like the black community any more than I'd say, like, I'm a member of the white community. That makes no sense to me. But the fact of the matter is a big problem for for blacks is children growing up in fatherless homes. And that's a huge issue. So what do they want to replace the nuclear family with? What, the state? You want the state to raise your kids? Is that what you want? I don't know. But, Anyways. But they, st- but they still want the... Uh, they still want the... Uh the child tax credit and the EBT for the, for the fatherless kids. I guess, I guess it's pretty sad. Uh, more on number five, that goes to general Mark Milley. It's been four months since the botch withdrawal from Afghanistan was completed and America still hasn't recovered in November. The state department said there were 224 Americans still in Afghanistan and only 50 of them were ready to leave. We all remember the August 26th attack on the Kabul airport when the Taliban and supposedly ISIS K killed 13 American service members then the army had to move $400 million around to pay for the resettling of Afghan refugees, even though nobody seems to know where they are, with the exception of one report stating that 450 of them were put up in apartments in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So the point is that, Ed, we can we can resettle Afghan refugees, but there's still, who knows, hundred, maybe, maybe thousands of Americans that are stuck there. And nobody's talking about this, Ed. Nobody's talking about the Americans that are still stuck there in Afghanistan facing who knows what. 
And the I saw I saw a report on it this morning. And we're recording on on Wednesday this week. Um, I saw a report on it this morning that uh, the Taliban is now shutting down the women in in Afghanistan, and uh, they're not allowing them to leave the house unless they have a man with them, and they're not allowing them to work, and they're not allowing them to go to school, and everything they said they they weren't going to do, and this is all coming back. and And think about all these young people um, that. For the last 20 years, it's the only thing they knew was the freedom that they got when we came in. And now, now, you know, I think it's worse than had we never gone in because we showed them a taste of freedom. And now they just, it just went away. Uh, The one lady was quoted, said, my freedom and my happiness are gone. Wow. Well, it's pretty sad not to mention all the military equipment. I mean, they're like the the most armed group, I think, in the Middle East right now is the Taliban, thanks to us and all the equipment that we left behind when we when we bailed out of that place. So just an absolute unmitigated disaster. This was a clip of Millie before the Taliban takeover. Afghanistan is squarely in the hands of the Afghan people. And there are a range of possible outcomes. A negative outcome, a Taliban automatic military takeover is not a foregone conclusion. Yeah. Yeah. This guy should be gone. He should be gone. Moving on to more on number four, that goes to our own vice president, Kamala Harris. You know, as the first woman of color to be vice president and the border czar, who's never set foot near the border in a year with record illegal border crossings and a record setting 650 people dead while attempting to cross. But hey, I wonder who the head of the Space Council is. I wonder who the head of the Space Council is. Are you kidding me? The the Space Council is the vice president. Kamala Harris is the vice president of the United States, but she's also the president of the Senate and the head of the Space Council. I just love the idea of exploring the unknown. You're going to literally see the craters on the moon with your own eyes. I want you to really remember this. Never let anybody tell you who you are. You tell them who you are. Got that? Yes. Yeah. All right. I got more advice. You just let me know. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they, they almost, they almost faded out before the idiotic cackle, which we all know and love. Right. I almost, we didn't want to play that because we don't want to like, you know, ruin people's New Year's this soon. Uh, but th- this is like she is like the phoniest person on earth, and you know, I wish it, to me the kids should ask her, Vice President, did you get down with Willie Brown? I think that would have been a good a good uh, question that for. Be, that would be good. Yeah, her approval ratings are in the toilet. I think it's like in the twenties, right at this point, and she hasn't really done anything to get low approval ratings. But look, if Joe Biden doesn't make the next three years, that's the person who's going to be our supposed president, Ed. Yep, it's not not good. No, nope. not good. So uh, let's get on to number three because yep. we're uh, sure going to run short on yes, time. Yes, we will. Ghislaine Maxwell, she was our one of our top ten morons in twenty twenty, but. Now she's proved that her idiocy could not be contained in a single year. The sex trafficking trial for Jeffrey Epstein's accomplice began November 29th. And one month later, the jury's on a, was on day four. Now of deliberations with no verdict in sight as of Wednesday. Uh, we all know the British socialite is charged with recruiting and grooming teenagers as young as 14 to be sexually assaulted by Jeffrey Epstein. Her lawyer says the U.S. government made her a scapegoat after Epstein killed himself in 2019 in his jail cell it while didn't. awaiting... After Epstein suicided himself. Yes, there you go. I'm sorry. Yeah. Suicided himself. Wink, wink. In his own sex trafficking trial. Um, the, basically, other corruption in the trial. Witness who testified, Special Agent Kelly McGuire, said the FBI hit the jackpot on evidence 
at Epstein's New York townhouse, they found photos of nude women and girls, boxes with more more photos, CDs. Um, someone associated with Epstein had put police police like yellow evidence tape on them. And there was also a safe that contained binders with more photos, jewelry, external hard drives, loose diamonds, large amounts of U.S. currency and passports. Hey, this just in while we're while we're recording. It looks looks like Ghislaine Maxwell was convicted of five, uh, five of the six charges against her. Um, so that this should be make it real interesting now, because uh, she said that if she if she gets convicted, that she's going to start dropping names to make sure that her conditions or her sentences is is lightened um which i think is i think is a good thing because that's going to lead you know there's a lot more crimes than the people who recruited the girls to uh, have sex with the men there's all those men were committing a uh, rape statutory rape and uh you know who knows what what all they did to the to the girls guy and watch the whole trial oh the trial wasn't even on televised so could be anything yeah this is crazy we're literally recording this while the verdict came in. I mean, this is insane, but look, we're five out of six guilty. Uh, that's fantastic. Uh, look, my whole hope all along has been the truth should come out. Not just Gillian Maxwell, but all the people that were involved in this, all the people that implicated rich and powerful people that have abused girls for years. Uh, I hope it comes out. I hope it comes out. And I hope these people are exposed and I hope they're prosecuted. Yeah. A lot of bit, a lot of big names in, uh, uh, I've heard, I've heard, the Clintons, I've heard a lot of big, a lot of big names in the, uh, in politics and even, uh, yep. Bill Gates and some high, high level, uh, business people. And, uh, I hope it all comes out. Yeah. I hope it does too. I hope it does too. More on number two, that goes to the FBI. Uh, in my opinion, the FBI is the new Gestapo, the Democrat party uh, the nation's top law enforcement agency has charged 727 people with incitement of violence, insurrection, or a host of other charges connected with January 6th. A searchable table on the Department of Justice website lists every defendant by name. All year long, the FBI has been pitting Americans against each other by asking for the public's help and identifying more people to indict. Many of these defendants were subjected to pre-dawn raids at their homes. And you've heard a few of them right here on the show. Ed and I've been talking about this stuff even before Tucker Carlson was interviewing people. We had people on this show and they described in detail what it's like to have your house raided at like five o'clock in the morning while they drag you out, put cuffs on you, interrogate you. And in many cases, don't even charge you with anything. They're just trying to scare and intimidate you. Uh, but there's literally people still sitting in ungodly conditions in solitary confinement for crimes related to the January 6th supposed insurrection, Ed. Yep. It's a, it's a, it's, it's sad. It's a sad state to see this happening in the United States of America. Right. And you know, it's funny too, because I, when it, when it first came to my awareness that the FBI was at the very least incompetent was at the terrorist attack local from here, a couple miles from where we're recording right now, where I'm recording. Um, when that terrorist attack hit, I talked to law enforcement guys within the, the, the local police department who told me how incompetent the FBI was. And, and so now we've gone from being incompetent to basically being corrupt and dangerous and pretty much it seems like they're a power that goes unchecked. I mean, this was Trump's FBI that were probably more than likely planted within the January 6th event and helped actually, um, I'm going to say, facilitate some of what they actually created January 6th to a large extent. So anyways, exactly. That, so. Yeah, that brings us to number one. Yes. And this goes to the top more on the year. Do we have a drum roll? Dig up a drum roll. Yeah, about have, this. There you go. Drum roll, please. 
So this goes to the top moron of the year goes to Dr. Tony Fauci. Every person who listened to this should already know why Dr. Tony Fauci is the number one moron of the year. We already talked about his flip-flop on masks. Last week, Ed played you an interview with Fauci from 1983 when he was quite possibly the worst AIDS researcher in the field. And yet somehow, somehow, this guy managed to keep his job long enough to eventually become the director of the NIH Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, which is how he ended up being the Lord God of all things coronavirus. I guess what I really don't understand, Ed, is why is this guy in this position when he was the one that basically helped finance the gain-of-function research that led to this whole problem in the first place? Why is this guy not in prison? It, that's, that's what has us all scratching our heads. Well, here's, here's a clip of Rand Paul uh, versus Fauci from July of 2021. Fauci, knowing that it is a crime to lie to Congress, do you wish to retract your statement of May 11th where you claimed that the NIH never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan? I have never lied before the Congress, and I do not retract that statement. You take an animal virus and you increase its transmissibility to humans, right. you're saying that's not gain-of-function? Yeah, that is correct. And, and Senator Paul, you do not know what you are talking about. They took animal viruses that only occur in animals and they increased their transmissibility to humans. How you can say that is not gain-of-function? It is not. It's a dance and you're dancing around this because you're trying to obscure responsibility for four million people dying around the world. Oh, you are implying that what we did was responsible for the deaths of individual. I totally resent and that. Have and if anybody and is lying here, Senator, it is you. Well, Ed, that's a wrap. That's my top 10 morons of 2021. Yep, I'm uh, surprised that, uh, that we didn't see uh, President Joe Biden, let's go Brandon, uh, on that list. But I guess uh, he's not conscious to have uh, had a chance to have done anything different. Exactly. Um, Hey, so uh, before we uh, end the show, uh, December 31st is uh, mine and Don's uh, 25th wedding anniversary, a silver wedding anniversary. Nice. And uh, even though we were, uh, we actually got together and fell in love in uh, 1988, it took me eight years to close the deal. And uh, But I want to say to my wife, happy anniversary, my dear. I love you. And uh, let's uh, go for uh, 25 more. And uh, we'll, be, uh, we'll be old by that time. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening to the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman, and I'll be back again with you next week.